Welcome to the X-Men Files, a podcast where Inessa and Brian talk about the X-Men comics. He's reading them again as an adult, she's reading them for the first time. So grab your back issues out of their Mylar bags, and let's talk about the greatest comic book series ever, the X-Men. And here we are. Here we are. I'm Brian. I'm Inessa. And this is the X-Men Files. Yes, it is. Before I dive into the recap, yeah. uh, we're going to just mention we're, we're changing the recording setup. We have a new studio. We don't have a new studio. We do not. We have never had a <laughs> we don't We don't even have an old studio. <laughs> we're literally using chairs the first and, thing and you tables. Did, yeah. The first thing you did in this episode was to lie to our listeners. <laughs> we have a new studio area. We have this... Everything that you're saying is an untruth. <laughs> Say one true thing right now, please. One true thing. <laughs> you can't do I'm it. Using you can't do a it. chair as a side table in our new studio. It's that. Okay, that is and, true. It's that hip and modern. That it is okay, and it, again, it's not. Well, maybe <laughs> modern by virtue of the fact that we put furniture in here not that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> Modern-ish furniture. So we're, we're using in, a table that my dad made, like which is now the new nor modern. Thirty years ago. Probably. Really? He made this? This isn't fast Oh my god, so long then, ago. Oh, gotcha. I thought he made this table like for us, for the kids or something. No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, your father's great. He, his, his, he expresses his... Um, what's the word? He expresses his uh, <laughs> eccentricities. Yeah, his <laughs> In artwork. adorable ways, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. really cool. We've got some of his stuff hanging on our walls. Yeah. Um, but it, my take on this, and please tell me if I'm wrong, yeah. and we'll dive into the recap... But my take on it is that he just like kind of hangs out at home, and when there's nothing else going on, he just like finds stuff and hot glue guns together until it looks like something, and then and occasionally spray paints it. A little bit like that, but yeah. actually, I think more often he sees something somewhere that he likes. Okay, and then will make a similar thing. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty. I mean, does he does he ever like try to Etsy any of this? No. Stuff? Would he? Would he? I mean, I, I know that he's never going to understand what Etsy is. Probably but not. could could somebody kind of like midwife his Etsy efforts? I don't think he has enough like production. Yeah, fair enough. You know, I don't think he's got the. And he he'll get nothing out of the it. scale. Yeah, yeah and he would yeah. enjoy it. That he likes making stuff for us. And for Which house. is and my sister has a lot of wall space in her house, right, so there's right. you know he's got that. Project. That's actually yeah. That's actually in a way perfect. Yeah. I mean, he is the the most uncompromised artist. Artist, right. <laughs> that, that you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, all right. And I'm delighted to have this stuff on my yeah, wall and, and uh, to put the laptop on top on of the table. another yeah. work of his art. Yeah. And that laptop and table are, are in our study. Yeah. Now, previously, I sit behind the big desk and you sit, sit in front of the desk next to it. Yeah. very uncomfortably because the desk is not really meant for... <laughs> it's not a two-man desk. It, it, yeah. It's a one-man, one-woman not up, really. Yeah. yeah, one uncomfortable woman desk. Yeah. So we're, we're trying something different, which I did all of that. Everybody's turned off by now. But I did all of that to say, look, if the audio sounds a little different, that's why. That's why. We're working on it. Because I know that <laughs> if I know one thing about our listeners. Mm-hmm. They care about audio. Both of them yeah. care. <laughs> Deeply. They're audiophiles and they're really into <laughs> yeah. fidelity yeah. of the, uh, the sonic experience. Yeah. Uh, in ways that we won't be able to honor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, diving into the recap. Yes. Unless you've got any other preamble. I have no other preamble. Oh, well, no, I've got some. No, go ahead. You've recap. got a post-amble. I've got a, an amble. 
A mid-amble. Yeah, just a regular. An intra-amble. Oh, God. (laughs) Please, please make it stop. (laughs) No, this is, I want this to, I want this post-amble? Post-amble is good. Yeah, yeah, okay. Launch into the recap. Now I don't Just want to. Brian. Now I don't want to because my feelings are hurt. <laughs> Brian looks. Brian looks deeply disappointed in I look, me. I look sad. <laughs> I look sad, and you're the reason why. <laughs> All right. Uh, having regained my my shallow sense of self esteem, I'm going to dive into the recap that I wrote all by myself. Issue you did 153. A, did a fine job. Issue 153. Uh, if the popcorn movie poster is an odd renderings of Wolverine and Nightcrawler on the cover aren't enough to clue you in, Kitty announces that this issue will be something completely different. Mm-hmm. We open to Colossus, Cyclops, who's back in the group, I guess, and Wolverine yet again cleaning up a severely damaged mansion. <laughs> Carol Danvers is nursing Uraro while she explains how it is that she managed to beat herself up. Marvel Marvel style asterisk, it happened in the last issue. Carol Danvers, again, making a single sort of a promotional appearance. You're going to see more of her later. Okay. Mm -hmm. And yet you're going to. I keep kind of teasing this. But um, all right. Nightcrawler tells Professor X that no one has mutant DIY ability. So the repairs to the mansion are going to cost some money. (laughs) They're going to be done by professionals. Right, right. Nobody has, uh, was born with genetic abnormalities that... We'll let them Bob Vila the mansion. Would that would be my superpower if I could have one, be able to do put a pin in there because I want to talk about what my superpower would be. I don't have any. I don't have an answer at the ready. We'll remember, or we won't remember. It won't matter. Okay, continuing the recap. Sorry, that was an intraamble. (laughs) You made you mocked the word earlier, but we had an intraamble. We did. Okay. All right. Uh, Kitty interrupts the other X Men to tell Peter that someone needs to put his sister to bed. Uh, we get some cross-promotion for ElfQuest and the Muppets, mm-hmm. and Kitty launches into a bedtime story for Ilyana. The story itself is a Ramana Clef, in which the X-Men and their airplane appear as fictionalized versions of themselves, mm-hmm. which I guess is just the definition of what a Ramana Clef is. I did not... What is that word? Ramana Clef, and it's got a little little backwards accent. It's French. Can you spell that? Uh, R-O-M-A-N-A with a... Whatever we yeah. call the French thing, and then C L E F, Ramana Clef. That's what the definition. That was a vocabulary yeah. word in uh, uh, high school, similar to an allegory, huh. but a little bit more on the like, like every character is represented by something else. Huh. But, I've but, never... but, but every character is like there's, there's sort of a one to one correspondence. Hmm. Um, it has a slightly more specificity uh, than that, but right. intra amble number Learned two. Learned something today. <laughs> All right, carry on. Okay. Kitty and Peter are swashbuckling pirates in the story that Kitty is telling. Right. Kitty and Peter are swashbuckling pirates with fabulous aus- with an inability to speak. Kitty and Peter are swashbuckling pirates with fabulous outfits, nice boots, who are being attacked by a large crowd of people for some reason. <laughs> they escape and see another duo being attacked by a smaller crowd. The reason for that attack is either the uh, is either theft or the opportunity to deliver an indiscriminate beatdown on a couple of strangers. <laughs> Just a basic mugging. Right. Yeah. Well, mugging, like, not necessarily profit, yeah, motivated yeah. mugging. Kitty and Peter prevent that from happening and fall into chat with the bald wizard and blindfolded prince. They hear the story of Dark Phoenix, who, hearing a name, gets beetle juiced and starts <laughs> pelting them with bolts of starfire. 
The wizard awards her off with the Jean Grey snow globe, which contains her human soul. Uh, last, oh, another Marvel-style asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> last scene in X-Men number 138. Right. Kitty summons her dragon in classic mid-century New York taxi-hailing fashion, <laughs> the two-fingered whistle. <laughs> the dragon has an indeterminate accent, which drops G's on gerunds and participles, but uses me instead of my, and is possibly meant to be Scottish... Anyway, huh, I hadn't noticed that. Wolverine is enjoying a post-shower cigar and joins Nightcrawler to eavesdrop <laughs> on Kitty's storytelling. <laughs> that, by the way, I, I had not caught that. I had a similar reaction <laughs> because nothing I like more after getting clean <laughs> than than the rich tobacco aroma. It's like he lit it in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody says, dude, did you just take a shower? <laughs> Why? And like, you're not even having a post-shower cigarette. Weird though that would be. <laughs> it's like, That's funny. I did okay. not notice that. Okay, carry uh, on. He joins Nightcrawler to eavesdrop on Kitty's storytelling. Back in the story, the dragon lands on an island where we get our second plug for ElfQuest, a pixie named Pinny. Um... Inside inside comics thing, you don't need to know about it. There was this independent comic book called ElfQuest mm-hmm. back in the early eighties, uh, written and drawn by Richard Wendy and Richard Penny. Mm-hmm. Uh, popular, and it, it's it's I'm tickled by the fact that Marvel or Claremont and Cockrum right. are name check. Yeah, yeah, basically giving a plug for him. Yeah, 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 yeah. That I did not catch the T-shirt. Obviously, nor did I catch yeah, the, the name. Pixie, it didn't even occur yeah, the, the, to me the to little, think about where the name I'm not, came not sure from. if that's like canonically a pixie. I don't, I don't know much about my fabulary, my fables. Yeah, let's say that it is. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, Kitty is having an erotic dream. Yeah. But is awakened by Bamf. That was extremely out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, is awakened by Banff, a very cute miniature and horny incarnation of Nightcrawler. <laughs> Apparently there are loads of these little creatures who briefly fight over Kitty. Colossus enjoys the view on the island and indulges in some reductive thoughts about the perspective of city dwellers when he spots a bottle. <laughs> Looking for a message, he uncorks it and releases Storm. She had been imprisoned there by Dark Phoenix and is looking for some payback. Everyone reconvenes on the shore, where they are introduced to a cigar-smoking, beer-drinking, aluminum-can-spitting, tiny cowboy hat-wearing fiend. (laughs) Uh, Brief aside, everyone is now standing outside Ileana's door on what I can only assume is a very wide landing. The fiend has a slight beef with the prince, as they both loved Jean before she became Dark Phoenix. He wants to start a fight, but is frightened by Kitty's dragon. Everyone hops on board the dragon, and they fly away to look for Phoenix. One panel later, she finds them. Mm-hmm. They all survive the initial attack thanks to the wizard's magic. Kitty tries to get Lockheed to use his fire breath, but he balks. The fiend stabs him, causing him to make with the fire, but <laughs> dump everyone off his back in the process. Storm makes them all wings, which are pretty adorable and in keeping with their characters. The wizard unleashes Jean's human soul from the snow globe, which does battle with the phoenix and wins. Jean returns to her human form and falls to Earth in a sultry harem outfit. (laughs) This also heals the prince's eyes. They get married and live happily ever after. Ilyana falls asleep with Fozzie Bear. Kitty emerges from her room and is at first embarrassed to realize that she had an audience. However, they all loved it and everyone is fine. 
The issue closes with some musings about the nature of physics, alternate realities, and our place in the cosmos. Wow. <laughs> That's heavy there at it, the end. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it really, I mean, it didn't yeah. go dark. It just, it just alternate, went heavy. Alternate realities, yep. Yeah. Uh, so I, I kind of cut you off there about like Kitty's erotic dream because after yeah. we're, we're going to come back. It, yeah, no, it, I had written that down. It's going to be a while yeah. for us to really untangle that. <laughs> but beyond that, um, we can start there or start wherever you like. No, let's start at the beginning. One thing I noticed when I was looking at the cover yeah. is that in 1982, the yeah. price went up. Oh, what is it? The... 60 cents. Okay. They were 50 cents before. That ruined my, well, I shouldn't say that ruined my ability to calculate how many comics I could buy. I mean, like, the math on that is not hard, <laughs> but I know that it was a little bit tricky. Was that when you decided that you really need to, needed to, like, a lean, <laughs> to learn math? lean well, into the math <laughs> so you could... No, <laughs> because, as I never get tired of saying, um, calculation is only a very small part of math. True. Math is abstract logic. Um, it didn't take long before I figured that I could get uh, five rather than, wait, I can't do this math. Yeah, I could get five rather than six comics for $3. For $3, right. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> the other thing I noticed is that the year is actually not on here. Like, it had been copyright 1981, and okay. I thought that those were the 1981 ones, but now it's January, it's still copyright 1981 Marvel Comics Group. And so, that, what, like, you can't actually tell from the cover what year it you is. You never which, could. You never could. That's crazy. Um, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I mean, how do people know what... Because they bought it. I guess. Right. <laughs> um, how do people know now? I guess they just... I, I mean, like in a court of law, if it matters whether it was copyrighted and copyright, whatever. What is the past tense of copyright? Copyrighted. Yesterday I copyrighted something. Well, you wouldn't say that. Copyright? You took out a copyright. Copyright. Filed a copyright. But you just said the past tense was copyrighted. That sounds stupid. Okay. So... <laughs> Uh, it was published January 1, 1982. Ooh, boy. We should have done, like, a, what happened in 1982. Or maybe you did. I, during all of your preparation. I know you spent hours on this. I did not do that. But I will... You did not do that. ...next time. Okay. Uh, just, just you know, um, we're going to pretend that we've got Miss, Miss Pennyfeather. Yes. <laughs> By the way, I, I, already, already problematic and patriarchal. <laughs> Mr. Pennyfeather. Yes. <laughs> I thought I was going to be Mr. Pennyfeather. Mr. Pennyfeather. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, 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 okay, so you're you're the boss, and because th there are no glass ceilings in this house. There are none. Yeah, there are none. Um, it would be awful goddamn hot if there were <laughs> in, in July. Uh, all right, all right so, so, so tell Mr. Pennyfeather to make a note about sure. that thing that we wanted somebody sure. to make a note about. Please, please file the... Uh... Please access my uh, 19, you, 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 1982 file. Ah, start over, start over, <laughs> Mr. Pennyfeather. Mr. Pennyfeather. Uh, um, yes, Miss Kantorovich. <laughs> Not actually my name. Okay. Um, yes, Miss. It's weird. I, my own name is weird. All right. Moving on. All right, moving on. Um, uh, make a note. I'll, I'll file that. Right. So, spoilers. I am Mr. Pennyfeather. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like a superhero, Mr. Pennyfeather, who's. Uh, uh, demure and subservient, but but then like after hours he goes out and um, he doesn't fight crime. But he does something <laughs> else. Okay. He's like, uh, what's his name from? Uh, You're Mr. Pennyfeather. Yeah, from, from Agent Carter, the butler. Yeah, he goes home and like makes. Oh yeah, yeah, Jarvis. Yeah. Yeah, okay. 
Makes his wife a cake. Yeah. 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 Jarvis has this awesome domestic yeah, life. Yeah. yeah, he's really happy. All right, we, we should all be more like Jarvis. We should all be more like Jarvis. Okay. That's a fact. This was, this was published in January. Well, according to Marvel Unlimited, who knows when it actually hit newsstands because mm-hmm. there's a weird lag between the date and when it actually appears. January 1982, according to Marvel Unlimited, which we're going to regard as canon. Yeah. So I loved this um, this issue. I thought it was really oh, great. Like, super, super charming. Like, I loved the little... The little kitty's fairy tale page with yeah. the, all the different characters. Yeah. And uh, I love their weird, like, pirate slash cowboy slash disco. <laughs> <laughs> Costumes. Pastel. Yeah. pastel is, is, even with cowboys, maybe what you get in the Venn diagram. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, the sartorial Venn diagram, pastel. Um, and the story was exactly the sort of thing that you would tell a child as a... Yeah. Bedtime story, you know, pretty straightforward, no big surprises, good guys win. Yeah. Uh, very, very delightful. I loved, like, the oldie-worldie script. Oh, yeah, the, let- the, the lettering yeah, was fantastic. The lettering and was really cool. By the way, the, uh, and, and I'm going to not do his name justice, uh, Tom Orzakowski. Uh, yeah, Tom, Tom or- Orzakowski, Orzakowski, um has done the lettering for the X-Men he worked in the X-Men about as long as Claremont did, hmm. uh, possibly longer. And he always did the lettering, and letterers are sort of the unsung heroes. Mm-hmm, they are mm-hmm. people who like the most utilitarian role. Right, right, yeah. Just but, write, write the shit down. Yeah. Right, yeah. but um, he's he's good. He, he steps up to the plate yeah. and, and does the, the really interesting font. Yeah. You know, nice nice, nice font work. Yeah, very um, sweet. Looked like a little scroll. Yeah, yeah, so and, really cool. Uh, yeah, I, I like this one a lot. I thought it was loads of fun and like a com- it was something you know completely different. Oh, cool! I'm, I'm delighted to hear you say that because I was a little bit worried that you would be disappointed with this huh. uh, because it, it, it I don't feels like fun. because what? Because I don't like fun. You love fun. <laughs> um, life with you is fun, cool. and you enjoy it. But now I was worried that you would think that it was either confusing or why do we need this issue. Mm. Or something like that, but I'm, I'm delighted to hear you say that. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a little bit lukewarm on it, possibly for those reasons. Mm. Uh, so, as with one of the others, um, your your enthusiasm is is increasing. More. Hmm. Yeah, I've sort of stopped asking why do we need this <laughs> issue because we don't. I mean, technically, we don't need any of these issues, and the reason that yeah. we need this issue is because they have to come up with an issue right. every single month, yeah. draw it, letter it, and it has to you know be done at a certain point in time and yeah. you know if someone has an idea for something then it seems like why not just go with it right <laughs> and it's a fun sort of inter interstitial whatever mm-hmm. um issue but yeah i thought it was i thought it was delightful one of the things i had written down was on page three okay so i've recently not that recently but the expression to throw shade at mm-hmm. that's something that's like recently come into common Usage I'd never really maybe to me yeah Yeah. I had not ever really heard that until probably like the past Mm -hmm. um, year okay maybe or two because I'm obviously deeply uncool and I'm not reading all the uh, (laughs) the cool kids are reading but I had written down here that like I like that like Storm throws shade at Emma Frost by being like well you know. She, but like, hang on. I, they, they use the term throw shade no, in the copy. That's why you're talking about your own, own experience. My own notes. Yeah, <laughs> okay, that's how okay. I phrased it in my yeah, notes. Yeah. Um, but that's what she's doing. She said, you know, it was when she's talking about how badly her body had gotten beat up by right. herself. I beat the shit out of herself. Yeah. <laughs> and she says, like, uh, while the White Queen escaped virtually unscathed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and then in the next frame, 
similar sort of situation, like low key insult is when, when Nightcrawler says to, um, to Xavier, like, I thought I'd come here and tell you rather than have you mind read it out of my brain. (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't read it like that. Yeah. Give you the news in person rather than over the intercom or by having you read my mind. (laughs) Or or having you read my mind, you know, for my protection. For my protection. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You can almost think that he's referring to something like, yeah, remember that last time Um, when I spilled a glass of lemonade on the couch? (laughs) Then you knew. And you knew about it instantly. Can we not? It just fills me with shame when you do those things. <laughs> well, but look, look, it's invasive. Yeah, it's not really a question of like it being shameful. It's like, like, eh, look, we know that you yeah. read our mind. Yeah. <laughs> I just come here and Could you knock get it, off? it out in the open that we're going to have to hire so some. So here's how normal people talk, <laughs> right. professor. We're going to have to hire some professionals <laughs> yeah. to fix your uh, your ruin of a house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the next thing I wrote down was that was that Ileana sleeps with a Fozzie bear, which I thought was. Super, super cute. Yeah, and again, I think it's Cockrum. Yeah. Dave Cockrum loves the Muppets. Yeah, because we was saw a, there was a Kermit, like the, Kermit the Frog, the Frog yeah. showed up on Professor X's computer, and now we got Fozzie. Fozzie, one of my one of my absolute favorite characters. Because you know, like I love, just goddamn love the Muppets. Yeah, the Muppets are awesome. I have a yeah. friend of mine sent me a Muppet Hamilton thing, which we need to watch later okay. on today. I don't think about that. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's like. I don't think it's like the entirety of Hamilton done with Muppets. Really, I almost signed up. I would almost sign up for that. More sign up uh, for that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, although I don't know. I, I, I like Hamilton. We are a Hamilton compliant household, but um, yeah, another two and a half hours of Hamilton. With After having just we just saw Hamilton on on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, not because our, our, our listeners care about this. Um, not the first time that we've heard or even seen Hamilton. So first time we saw this one. The real one. The original yes, cast. Yes, with this Video cast, recording. Right. Yep. Yeah. Super fun. Might watch it again this afternoon. Okay. Maybe not. No, uh, go for, I don't want to stop you. I was going to watch. I was going to do like my, my Sunday afternoon, like, like Star Trek or something like that. But uh, uh, That might work too. Yeah. Um, what else did I write down? Let's see. Telepathic Russian. Very, very useful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like how they solve the problem of a language. Yeah. Language. Yeah, because that, that I don't know that that has appeared before. Um, being able to telepathically teach somebody a language. I haven't seen it before. Uh, yeah, Maybe it's it, it, before me. I mean, it's interesting. It's almost like they have to introduce it in this issue because Ileana is, I think in this issue, she's meant to be like six years old or something. Yeah, she's tiny. Right, right. Yeah, she's quite wee. And so the idea, like, like she doesn't, she doesn't know it. Right, uh, and I don't know if they've established how long she's been there, but in why is she time, even there? A couple of months, actually. Good question. Yeah, and, and when did she get there? Was she there in the last episode? And I'm thinking about this now. Right, I can't remember when they established that she's there. Might have um, been after the uh, like the the murder world. Wasn't she abducted in could be. that storyline? Yeah. And has she been there ever since? Which is months. Which could that, be exactly you know, obviously Kitty's old enough to be having erotic dreams now, so it could be let's, several years. Okay, so so let's let's maybe we're gonna come back to that, but yeah, uh, yeah telepathic language skills, which not for the last time. I'm thinking maybe, and that's actually really core for what's happening in the X Men right now. Mm-hmm. Um, all the mutants live on an island called Krakoa, which what, has... What do you mean right now? Right now? Now? Yes, right now in 2020. Now. Okay. 
um, the current iteration of the X-Men, okay. which is being published. I- I'm reading them deluxe. I'm reading them uh, Marvel Unlimited. So, like, they appeared... Uh, 2019, they established okay. this. But Which of the current X-Men are still in that? It's... It's complicated. It, 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 yeah. Okay. Would that it were? Would that it were? It's, it's complicated. complicated. Yeah. Um, the only reason why I mention that is that Krakoa has its own language, which all mutants speak. And every time that mutants arrive in Krakoa, they telepathically gain the ability to speak this language that uh, humans don't know. Hmm. And it's interesting to think is it that Polish. <sighs> no. Okay. The point is. <laughs> Probably there's some there's this ability to to telepathically ingest a language like Keanu Reeves in the Matrix that is kind of core to current plot mechanics of the X Men mm-hmm. and possibly this is the issue where it first originated yeah. for reasons that probably at the time they felt like okay this is we're establishing this as precedent it's just that she can tell this weird story Short, to a right, six year old. Right, right. There won't be any downstream repercussions. And then 40 years later... <laughs> it's really been 40 years, yeah. Uh, yeah, but not quite for, for 82, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, that, 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 that period of time. Which is one of those delightful things about comics. As soon as you establish that something is canon and other writers pick it up, there will be weird stuff. Like mm-hmm. th- that, that are... Well, like this. Like you know, that, Trying right. to come up with other examples. But uh, otherwise... So if you can telepathically adjust a language... Does that mean you can learn Latin and other dead <laughs> languages? And you know, can you can you sign language? Right. Can you learn yeah. Klingon? Exactly. Yeah, other invented languages. Right. So that's, that's, that's really neat. I wish I could speak Klingon because that would sound really badass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are people who speak like if you want to learn Klingon. Yeah, I mean, I don't really want to, but I wish that I could. Although maybe you yeah. know, maybe I'll just comfort myself with the knowledge that you know Russian also sounds a little mean. Uh, when people it don't does, understand, it does. maybe not as much as. Oh, wait, oh, oh, um, how do you, how do you say? Uh, can you can you do you have a saucer of milk for my cat uh, in Russian? Make it sound really menacing. Do you have a saucer of milk for my cat? For my cat, yes. Me tsvitarelku malaka dle moye koshki. But but say it like you're angry. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. Me tsvitarelku malaka dle moye koshki. There we go. That's yeah. great. Okay. I hope cool. that's right. Jesus, Russian sounds really bizarre now speaking it. I've got, I've gotten to that point in my middle age where yeah. Russian feels a little foreign in my mouth. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, I, I feel like I, I want to encourage you to 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 pick it up again, but um, you make your own choices. Uh, <laughs> I tried. It's actually a little harder than you. Than it's it super seems. hard. Yeah, yeah, like my German atrophies. I did rather well when we were there last year. Yeah. I was delighted that I was able to just form sentences yeah. that sounded like sentences, but um, it's really tough to keep yeah. up before language yeah. if you're not there. Yeah, I've tried here a little bit looking for like a you know Sprach partner, right? But I've not super succeeded. Yeah, but I've only yeah. tried Good a little luck bit. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hard to do. Yeah, yeah. Okay, language, Whew. language. Maybe that weird, weird lady that sends me letters can come and talk to me in Russian. The lady that's trying Jesus. to... Yeah. Okay, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, what you can do to, to unify all this, you know that the Bible... Uh, I know that many of the works of Hamlet have been translated into Klingon. Mm. The works of Hamlet. The works of Shakespeare. <laughs> among them... <laughs> among them Hamlet. Hamlet was the first one. Um, b- 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 Hamlet was the first one because that gets 
referenced in the movie mm-hmm. in Star Trek VI. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I think the Bible has been translated into Klingon. Mm. So this <laughs> this <laughs> Russian person who's trying to evangelize to you, uh, really just tell her that you you I don't know what with it. I can't stick the landing on, on this thing that isn't fine. <laughs> All right, carrying on. Speaking of religion, though, uh, Kitty, again with the Star of David necklace. Or still, rather, with the, uh, the Star of David yep. necklace. Hooray. <laughs> carrying on. I actually had to go looking for that because I had not yeah. noticed that. I mean, I, not that I was looking for it, but I had not noticed it in this one. But yeah, there it is. Well, there it is. I was too distracted by her, like, <clears throat> pirate's... Her amazing hat? Cowboy hat with a feather... <laughs> That, that, like, sly stone. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was distracted by her hat. I was not looking yeah. for her Star of David. Right. This time. Yeah. Jewish pirates. What will they think of next? Well, they'll take their ideas from sly stone mm-hmm. <laughs> in hat wear. Um, what else you got? The, the dirty dream. Like, that was yeah, such that's... a bizarre... Thing. It just like it totally because I mean she's still supposed to be like thirteen. I'm mean, not yep. that people aren't into that at thir- Not that that doesn't happen to thirteen year olds, but it just it felt like a weird thing to throw in there. Also, <laughs> this is her telling the story yeah. <laughs> to a six year old girl. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it, it's it's problematic. Yeah. On the surface, yeah. but then we get to, within the context of her, like, uh, then so 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 little, so yeah, she had a she had a naughty dream, and then like, <laughs> so you think maybe she's because Peter is in the room, and she it's like a weird flirty thing. That's a real big stretch. Yeah, I mean, could it mean something different? I don't think so. Right. And it's later, Kitty was enjoying a nifty and very naughty dream when something plopped out of somewhere onto her stomach. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's... (laughs) Could she be like, yeah, I don't know. Could she be like bewitched by that little horny smurf? That's about as much of a stretch as, there is no ready explanation for this. Yeah. Super weird. I agree. Super weird. Yeah, just a weird... And then they never mention it again. I mean, it's... Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Other thing that I have... Well, I think we're done with that. Are are we done with that? I'm done with it. Okay, cool. Um, So very often in television, and when I say television, I don't mean television that anybody has written or, or broadcast in the past 10 years. I mean, like... You know, like the 1980s, maybe the early 90s mm-hmm. uh, television. Very often people will, will be recounting a story, and it's never like a narrative. It's always like, um, oh, last Tuesday, Steve came into the dry cleaners, mm-hmm. and then like George Jefferson is telling a story. And so like, we'll cut to the scene being acted out with like full dialogue and everything. Right. And always, what I'm getting to is like basically the same thing here. Kitty's telling a story. Right. We see the story as right. I mean, it, it, because, of course, we do. But is it Nightcrawler? Like, how does Kitty describe the Banff? Like, we see it, and then Nightcrawler. Oh gosh, this is so embarrassing. But what were Kitty's words? That what the heck are you? 
Yeah, what the heck are you? And she said, like, what? Like, like a little blue creature? Like, oh, this is so embarrassing. Uh, yeah, Something like that. Like, my point is, they always render it such that whoever is the audience for the story yeah. sees everything that the audience of the show sees. Like, right. if you're watching an episode of The Jeffersons and uh, you know, George is talking, talking about... <laughs> Because it's the we're second d- week in a row that we've discussed the Jeffersons, and probably it's because in any other context, I don't know why I'm latching onto the Jeffersons in this context, but um, my my brain is just aligning these memories. So George will say, like, "Oh, he came into the show," and then it's like, "Yo, he came into the store, and we chatted a bit," and then like Wheezy will interrupt, and say, "No, he wasn't wearing a green jacket <laughs> or something like that," yeah. and it's like, "Have you ever told a story?" So, I mean, and the thing is, we I'm really belaboring this point okay. because it's really bothered. It has always bothered me. Like, yeah. Even as a is is like a, like an 11 year old watching. Who tells a story like that? <laughs> so Steve came into uh, the dry cleaners the other day, and he was wearing a green jacket. And then he said hello, and then I said uh, hello back. And then there was like this amusing couplet that caused the, uh, the studio audience to laugh. <laughs> was as if, and it was like, 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 no, hang on, you didn't hand him a twenty. Like, like, nobody tells that detail. How are you calling him <laughs> on that? It's a very long story. Right, that have too. A, have like, a it takes verb ages. Sort of story. Yeah, it yeah. takes ages. Yeah, uh, right. and, and so it. I, mean, I get why you you do it that way because watching George and Weezy like on their at their living room sitting on the couch while he is just doing a monologue. Yeah, and then this um, happened. And, then this and by happened. the way, by the way, and then this happened. Yeah, right. Now, as an aside, I would pay big money to watch Sherman Hemsley do that. <laughs> I think that would be great fun, and it, but I get why the mechanics of television are such that you can't do that. Is he still with us? No, I, I don't remember. Yeah, probably. Not. I want to say no. Yeah. Anyway, that guy's that guy's awesome. Uh, we love Sherman <laughs> Hemsley. We love you. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're. I don't know how she. I mean, and do you think he was supposed to look like a Smurf or Smurf sort of a thing? Smurfs are a thing that. Yeah, they were absolutely a thing. Um. The cartoon show might have even been out at this point. I don't think, I don't, you don't think he intentionally... You're not looking that... Don't look it up. Don't I'm look it up. I'm going to look up and see what a Smurf looks like. A Smurf S- is a lighter shade of blue. It was created by the Belgian artist Peyo. Um, and they did exist in the early 80s. I can't remember when they arrived, but there's like the cartoon show. He looks sort of like a Smurf, but... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't, he looks like he looks like a very cute version of Nightcrawler is what he looks yeah, like. Yeah, he does, but also a little bit like a Smurf. Oh my god. That's reductive. <laughs> Anything blue and small Anything is a Smurf. small is Smurfy? Hey, how tall is a Smurf? How tall? How tall is a Smurf? This isn't a joke. This is just as an actual literal answer. I mean, I think like maybe nine inches. Three apples tall. Nine inches. They're three apples high. Yeah, about nine inches. Yeah. <laughs> how do you know that? But I don't know. It's one of these things that is lodged in my brain. And I used to watch the Smurfs. Oh, those yeah, yeah they were great. It was on for like ninety minutes on Saturday mornings. There was, was a, a lot very very of long show. Was it long for you? Like by you? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Was the, like that really... was back when National, uh, like NBC, ABC, they had a slate of Saturday morning stuff. Yeah. So it, it wasn't syndicated or anything like that. Right, right. Yeah. Ninety minutes, and some of the stories would be short. Some of them would be long. Uh, the plot, rather the uh, sort of the central conflict, was was what. Uh, Who's the villain? Gargamel was the villain. Yeah. 
what did he why did he want the smurfs because uh, he was jewish and uh, he was yeah <laughs> he was like a big semitic jewish stereotype and wait a minute uh, wait a minute and wait he a minute. wanted to cook them and eat them or he wanted to sell them for money okay <laughs> i no he was what makes you think that he was jewish he just was he just was ask any jewish person I'm asking this one. I'm asking this one. They just had person. him, they gave him that sort of look, hook nose, sort of stereotypical Jewish. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push back. It was like this. Smurf gold. Was there Smurf gold? He was an alchemist. Uh-huh. And he needed the Smurfs. He needed the Smurfs to turn lead into gold. Yeah, okay. So there you go. <laughs> I, I, yeah. My point has been made. Sometimes a big nose is just a big nose. Eh. That's, what that's do you, some pretty... What do you think, listeners? Oh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, so, all right, so, so, Cerebro at xmenfiles.com or go to Twitter and, like, like hashtag, um, ha- hashtag Smurf anti-Semitism. Hashtag, <laughs> um, I gotta work, why am I spending any kind of energy trying to come up with some sort of pun on the word gargamel and anti-Semitism? <laughs> it's a, that's that's going to be an uphill climb. Okay. Um, so hashtag anti-Semitic gargamel. Uh, if you think that gargamel was meant to be a vehicle whereby we could normalize anti-Semitism in the early 80s. I don't think he was a vehicle whereby we could normalize anti-Semitism, but he, he was definitely a sort of a stereotype of a villain who was into money. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I think you're reaching here. Uh, look, we both agree that anti-Semitism is a bad thing. Fact. And, uh, you know, certainly... Well, I mean, if, if they were trying to normalize anti-Semitism, uh, for me, while I watched that show every Saturday morning like it didn't take yeah yeah I mean I think that it, <laughs> so, it, it was it was just more the sort of like stereotypical stuff that was not that they were trying to normalize anti-Semitism yeah, it was just yeah. the sort of stereotype that seemed culturally maybe a little bit meh, a little bit okay at the time hmm alright um is this a good time for a spot the 80s moment sure <laughs> actually I was gonna say spot the 80s we were talking about Smurfs there are no Smurfs in the comic mm. um so, so we'll, we'll just say that, uh, you know, spot the 80s is, uh, the, the early 80s, they were a lot more, you know, uh, there's a lot more anti-Semitism. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> nothing in this actually jumped out at me. I saw something, and I can't remember. In terms of spot the Well, 80s. actually, I mean, crummy, hang on. So, uh, I'll cheat slightly and say spot the 80s with the ElfQuest t-shirt. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Fair. I'm going to uh, go there. I'll hang, hang my head on that. Hang my hang my hat. I said hang my head. Hang your head on that. Hang on your head is a bad a bad idea. Does Kitty have a dragon? A pet dragon. Kitty does not have a dragon, but the dragon is the. It's the plane. It's the plane because I had also written Britain like I was reading, and then I thought, what? That's a weird name for the plane for the for the dragon Lockheed, and then I was like, oh no, wait, Lockheed is the is the plane, and actually that's a clever name for the dragon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know why the plane became a character. So we yeah, haven't Kitty, seen the plane in ages, but whatever. Yeah. So I couldn't remember whether Kitty has a pet dragon at this point in the series yet. Um, spoilers: she's going to get a pet dragon. Huh? No, she definitely does not have one yet. Which will become a, a kind of a, a very significant 
uh, element of her character. <clears throat> so I was actually just about to say she can't get a pet dragon because they live in New York in sort of a real <laughs> world yeah. type situation and dragons aren't real, but of course then neither are any of them. So if right. Kitty wants to get a pet dragon, then... You know, I'm cool with it. You're, you're, yeah, you're going it's to fine with me. Yeah, it's not that I, I, I don't need any verisimilitude around, uh, around their pets. Yeah. yeah. Um, I got a couple of notes. Uh, one that I that I want to touch on. Uh, I, I alluded to it in the recap. Uh, so you grew up in a city suburbs, you know, city so suburbs. Urban, urban suburbs, yeah. yeah. but even when you're in the suburbs, you're in the suburbs of Chicago, which, yeah. which is, you know, legit big city. I grew up in the suburbs as well. Um, when I live in, you know, because I've lived in Chicago and Munich, uh, and I much prefer living in an urban Me place. Me too, yeah. You know, not because that's what I experienced growing up, it's a, I'm more comfortable there. Right. But Colossus, when he says, like, oh, Kitty can't appreciate this, because she's like, fuck you, man. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you, buddy. <laughs> Was kind of my remark yeah. there. That that's just that's like oh these coastal elitists uh, can't yeah, put can't their really lattes appreciate down nature. Long yeah. Enough. Like yeah, fuck you. I absolutely do. I like nature. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, just like when it's tended by somebody else. I don't even care about that. I don't want to tend my own nature in my backyard. Well, yeah, I agree there, yeah. but there's a big like. I, I, I love the Alps. Yeah. I love natural nature. I love hopping onto public transport, getting into the subway to yep. go to the train to take me out to the Alps. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly. great. And I'll walk around for the day and then I'll uh, I'll head back home to my apartment. Yes. I like going <laughs> it's to really the awesome. city park very much. Yeah. Yeah. They're really great. So I, 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 that, that, that perturbed me. Hmm. Yeah. You had mentioned that in the recap. Yeah. I that did. did not really, like, it didn't register in my brain as something that I needed yeah. to uh, also explore further. Kitty, is, it's established that she's from Deerfield, Illinois. I mean, she's, she can't be all that far from the Botanical Gardens. <laughs> Chicago. Right. 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 At that time, it yeah. was actually we, a big a big swath of land out there that was like, yeah. there was a big ginormous yeah. prairie that probably yeah. looks like uh, Soviet steppe lands where, yeah. where Peter comes from. Yeah, would, right. bore, would bore her silly. Natural beauty here staggers my senses, but I am a child of the country of the land. Yeah, sort of Russian, Russian. Uh, it's not just Russian. Yeah, uh, but it, it is definitely this American rural-urban divide that presumes that uh, people can't look beyond their own experience, mm-hmm. and it's both ways. Let's just say, I mean, uh, you, know, you take somebody who, who likes to live in a in a remote area, and you will know, go to I don't know New York or whatever. Yeah, it's like, like oh, it's oh so this must be yeah. really freaking you out. Um, no, no, actually, yeah, not so much. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there. I mean there's, you know, the crocodile Lindy. Look, that's the crux of the movie. <laughs> is I mean, it, it, ooh, we should watch that with them. Do you think they'd like that? I'm not even sure if I would like that. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't mind. It's a nice ooh, spot. The 80s. we can't spot the eighties. We can't just invoke the eighties. Yeah, we can't. No, no, it has to be in there. Has to be no. okay. Sorry. Do not um, spot the 80s right now. Yes, exactly. Um, well, the whole point of the movie, is, you know, Crocodile Dundee, is that he, because of his rural upbringing, he's smarter than right, all right, of the street right. smart people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like the dude doing cocaine in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, here, oh, yeah, you're trying to, like, drain your sinuses? <laughs> there must, but, be, there must yeah. be loads of movies like that, of which I can think of none right now. Yeah. 
It, it was like there's that one. Yeah. And it, 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 it's fish out of water, but it, it's poking fun at urbanites. The urbanites are not going to give a shit. Right, right. But it is a way to... And, I, and don't be really, I, I don't want to like take swings at, well, Crocodile Dundee, it was all right. But um, it bleeds into other elements of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't want to... I don't want to get political, but but if I did, it would go something like this. <laughs> Where yes. there are conversations about you know, allocation of services and population density and, and things like that where people kind of don't get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they're... Uh, bottom line. Yep. Um, bottom line, Colossus is wrong. Uh, mountains are pretty. I like mountains. Yes. Mountains are lovely and... <laughs> even though I, I don't want to live in one. don't find them boring, even though I am... Also more comfortable in a city. Yep. I like tall buildings, too. Tall yep. buildings and mountains, and that feels kind of consistent to me. Yep. Yeah, I spent a lot of time in mountains in Kentucky, and they're, they're gorgeous. They're really, uh, they're really amazing. Yeah. We just spent some time in the mountains. Of North oh, Carolina. I guess we recorded after we were back, right? We recorded after we were back. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So yeah. never mind. We've already discussed our yeah. vacation. Yeah. What else did you write down? Uh, written A Thousand One Arabian Nights. Huh. Okay. Uh, and that that definitely informs the look of this. Mm-hmm. And I can remember I was a kid. It's one of these very hazy memories. Like mm-hmm. I was five or six. I mean, old enough to like four memories, but like like I don't have a lot of context. There's a movie theater in Louisville called the Vogue Theater, which is not there anymore, and it was awesome. Mm-hmm. They would show like art house movies and old prints of stuff, like um, you know, like you know, I saw loads, loads yeah. of cool shit there. Uh, so I was like five or six and somebody took me to a screening of The Thief of Baghdad mm-hmm. and I can't remember which one it was because that's been filmed a few times fucking mind blower yeah this movie it's I mean, you know roughly the story it's one of the Thousand One Arabian Nights uh, stories um, and I just remember being absolutely blown away mm-hmm. uh, cool. there's like these you know, the giants and genies and magic carpets and all of this stuff mm-hmm. and it was just so amazing and cool and Arabian Nights, I'd love to like get back to that from time to time. Hmm. Yeah, and Sinbad and all that other, all that other shit. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I have any like formative memories of those stories. And nothing is. I mean, I know the general, yeah, yeah. the carpets and the, the yeah. genies and all that. Right. But um, yeah, nothing is crawling out of my memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's one, and it's one of those that these days, for a lot of good constructive reasons. Hollywood is not going to do a lot of carpet bagging to film those, right? Uh, which is, I think, a net positive. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do kind of miss being able to access this wildly different visual aesthetic, this wildly different acting and and uh, and storytelling uh, kind of motif. Right. And why why is Disney not going to do that? Well, I said Hollywood. Oh, Hollywood. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Because in terms of representation <laughs> and uh, sort of, you know, colonial legacy, and also the fact that they are carpetbagging. Yeah, yeah, true. Anyway, um, but like Aladdin, the Disney movie Aladdin, that maybe, or in the remake uh, of same, maybe one of the sort of the last vestiges of that. <clears throat> remake that did not need to be made. Well, yeah, then Disney's. Ugh. Have we seen the original with them? I'm not sure if we have. No. We should no. watch that while we have. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, and, and people will have responses to that that are uh, very appropriately critical. Yeah, I sure. mean, like, I don't remember Thief of Baghdad, but I guarantee you probably loads of yeah, white probably, people with yeah. shoe polish yeah, on yeah, their yeah, face. Yeah, 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 no, probably. Retrospectively <laughs> problematic, yeah. Right. But, now, now yeah. again, much like the Smurfs, didn't make me anti-Semitic. Right. It didn't make me... 
you know, uh, which is not to say that it's harmless, although the Smurfs are harmless. Um, yeah, so this is why these things don't get made anymore. But I, I would love it if there were a vehicle to to kind of like broaden the make palette. that sort of yeah yeah. Yep, I get that. Yep. All right, I didn't have much else. Um, okay, I'd written down on page twelve. They talk about dark and you know the dark side, right. the light side, whatever. And you know that was sort of felt a little yeah. con- contemporaneous with the Star Wars, I guess. Um, ish. But you know that's I, that's I not like know. that's a tale as old as time. I don't think that Star Wars invented yeah. the idea of a. Dark and light balance. Yeah, this would have come out between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. So, I mean, definitely Empire Strikes Back put that more squarely into into the cultural conversation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. They they didn't really go anywhere with that after they met. Like when I read this, I read it and I write down things that seem interesting, and sometimes the things that I write down turn into sort of things later on in the story and sometimes they're just like oh that was some random thing that they said in this one random uh random scene i wrote Mm -hmm. down some words Ooh, hard words page 12 they use the word colloquy that's a that's a 25 cent word or like a dollar probably with inflation one (laughs) one, (laughs) the price of comics has gone up one dollar word colloquy colloquy used to be 50 cents now it's 60 cents and then on page 15 they use the word Paladin, uh-huh. which I wouldn't have even known what it meant if we had not uh, spent so much time talking about our familial <laughs> marching Character order. classes? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so I'm a bard. You, we established that you are a rogue. Maybe a paladin. Maybe a paladin. I Maybe think we've talked about this on the podcast as well. Uh, it's possible, yeah. yeah. All right, we'll, we'll Two weeks on. ago. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was all the vocabulary that I had. There I didn't write down anything else, but I, I loved this one. I thought this one was great. Okay. There was a misspelling, and I can't remember Ooh. where it was, although that's not a big deal. Um, never mind. I just, <laughs> I, I was about to look for the misspelling, and I see um, uh, Kitty's bedtime story, Cyclops, referring to his eyes of death. <laughs> <laughs> I really love the art. Melodramatic much? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. I really love the... Um, on page 21, the frame where it says charge, and they've all got their wings that Storm has given them. Their adorable wings, yeah. Yeah, I thought I that, that was a really cool art. Yeah. Uh, that would be a super cool poster to have. Yeah. And also, I'm going to stop using the word cool. You're fine. Charge with two A's. Right now. Charge! As, as I was reading it, I did, I did have a wonder, a moment of wondering whether, like... Is it tacky to come up with this sort of story about uh, someone's dead girlfriend? You know, is it like, is it tacky? Short answer, yes. Is it tacky to use her as a, to use Jean Grey as a character? Yeah. Um, in, in the story, you know, never having met her, I think? Kitty had met her. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, but then at yeah. the end, then at the end it was sweet and I, I couldn't, you know, like it seemed like his, I could also see where right. his character was like, oh, that's, thank you for including her, or, you yeah. know, in, in, in a different timeline, uh, the story is true and she and I are off living yeah. somewhere, now I'm getting all teary, are uh, off living somewhere together and, and happy and whatever. So I, I really like the ending. Well, I I do too. Yeah. And, and, and when you say that you, this is like the ultimate realities in our place in the cosmos. Yeah. I mean, here's what I was like. I was also affected by this. So like the, no matter what timeline we're in, we have some connection to all of these other versions of ourselves. Yeah. Um, now it's, it's a heavy, heavy idea that's just like dropped at the end of there. It's not like the point of the issue is not to explore that no, idea, yeah. but 
I love yeah, that. Yeah, it's very poignant. That, yeah. I don't even know like what punctuation we call that. It's not an exclamation point. It's not a question mark. It's, it's I don't know, not even an ellipsis. It's just, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's a cool, it was a, it was a very, it was like yeah. made me smile at the end and it made me a little, you know, ever so slightly tearful. Oh, me too. Yeah. Especially, I mean, when I was, I would have been, you know, like, like 10 or 9 or whatever when I was reading this. I didn't have loads of like roads not taken or misfortune <laughs> yeah, or anything yeah, like yeah. that. Now, now for, sure. 40 years yeah. later, I look back and like, there was a version of me that never got divorced. Right. <laughs> there's, you know, all this other stuff. Um, right, yeah. There's a version of you still in Germany. Yeah. 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 And and I, for, for a moment, I feel like this, all of a sudden, the, the idea of myself and, and my identity gets super broad. Yeah. That I can actually sometimes look at all of these people. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm teary talking about it just now. Oh boy. <laughs> um, final comment because I don't know that we're going to get a chance to revisit this uh, again. One of the things that really appealed to me about this one, and there's a few others, when they're at the mansion, one of the things that I loved about it is the mansion is this giant collection of family and friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody's ever alone there. Right. And I'll be really blunt and to say, you know, at this time, um, my, my parents split up, so it's like me and my brother and my mom living in this house. I didn't have loads of friends. Right, right. Um, you know, the, my childhood was lonely. Yeah. Well, uh, not, not all the time, right. but, but, you know, often enough that, that yeah, it's like, a, like I'm, I'm in my bedroom by myself. By myself. And I'm reading this comic book, and there's the part of like, Man, that was, that's got to be great. Yeah, like like they're you know, they're watching TV and like there's six of them. Yeah, they pass this bowl of popcorn yeah. around. I'm like that just seems great. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of the reasons why I like this issue because mm. you know the X Men at home. Right. Right. Is something that that I really yeah. Dig. They're all kind of just hanging out there. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Logan's not wearing a shirt. Yeah, they're all just together amicably, and there's he's no not wearing a shirt lately. That's the least of his crimes. He's smoking a cigar. Yeah, there's no bad guy threat. It's just they're all like cozy right. and relaxed together. Yeah, right, right. It's very sweet. Yeah. All right, next week. Next week, um, we are going to see the Star Jammers. Mm. I don't know what that means, so I can't wait to find out. You're gonna find out <laughs> next week, and uh, we will see you then. Yep. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to The X-Men Files. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. If you listen, please rate us. If you want to drop us a note, you can reach us via email at cerebro at xmenfiles.com. You can also check out our website, xmenfiles.com. Our theme music is Invasion to Space Frog by Checky Brown. That music available under a Creative Commons license. Everything else was written, produced, and performed by Brian and Inessa.